Inter Me too. Inter I got I got a lot from that as well. And also people, my friends commented on it in just in their own relationship aspect. So I know we're we're talking about everything through our human connection with dogs, but it's still it's transferable to like human relationships. Mm -hmm. So it it piqued a lot of interest and questions for everybody about the law of you know, give and take and this interconnectedness piece and how it works. So yeah, it's great to continue on and dive a little deeper and talk about different aspects of it. Yeah, that's very interesting, you know, because uh, we we took this uh, and we oftentimes I got really, uh, actually now I can say we, because, you know, it's uh, it's a one one company little soul made of, yeah. <laughs> made of a lot of us now. Uh, <laughs> We got criticized actually from this professional uh, pet care world uh, by using terms like doggy parents, doggy mom, furry baby. Core of what we teach, we teach this very strong, uh, um, impactful relationship that the human should have with the dog dogs without overhumanizing the dogs mm -hmm. and yet on the other side we are using such acute uh, words like a doggy mom and doggy darrens and uh, doggy babies and things like that so how all of these two connect together and that's exactly the core of our teachings because interconnected world in between the species requires a lot of respect and responsibility and it is a doggy mom and doggy dad and furry baby because in that relationship the responsibility on embracing the baby as is is of more importance right and if you want to be a good parent a human parent a child parent you need to embrace your child as is because yeah. our generation was shaped to be in what's best for us <laughs> right best for the parents I know what's best for you. I know that you should go uh, yeah. swim and you should go sing and you should go play a piano and you should not have a free time to think about who you are. Right. And yet here we are in a world that we don't know how to escape this prison. Yeah. On the other hand, now we have this generation of the awoke people that also can't find themselves in this freedom of everythingness around. Like too many choices. Too many choices. And then wh where to go, what to choose. And actually, and who is how to figure it out, how to choose, yeah, how to choose, and that all of that dies in back into a self awareness, because that was connectedness. Yeah, because that's what we talk. Uh, harmony, order of harmony, is wonderful, a wonderful, um, you, you know, kind of um, field of my research and that's that's where I kind of like researched almost my entire life without being aware of that because you know how harmony what that Yeah. 
Gosh, I have to. I have to plug into power. I'm so sorry. This something's flashing here. Keep talking. I just got to plug something in. Use one way to make a sound. And on the other side, you have a trumpet or the oboe that are completely other instrument using completely different way of producing a sound. And then you have those of two instruments when in perfect balance and harmony and interconnectedness, they create a beautiful, um, beautiful piece of music then the listeners and the witness can enjoy. And that's where, where we are heading with this Pure love and harmony is interconnectedness in between dogs and humans, but also teaches us how to bring diversity into an existence, how to bring the into existence of harmony. And that's exactly where this code, codes that I discovered, how to bring the harmony within the diverse world. And what I was observing in this human-dog relationship wasn't orders of orders of love were not enough. And then when I learned about uh, uh, Rupert Sheldrick's discoveries of morphic fields that brings, uh, and they are kind of like, he explained them very nicely. He's using very strong scientific language. But, you know, if we, if we would put it back to a basic, would be uh, fields of memory of memory that connects the species and transcend the time and space and bring everything forward bring every bring memory forward bring form forward and that is why we look alike so much you can say that we are humans that we are not dogs that we are not foxes that we are not bears bears because we are connected with the same morphic field he said he also said very interesting said he said if you would take a cell of the body and then you would see the cell of the body, but you wouldn't know where the cell actually comes from. You might observe a Sasha, Can you hear me? Yeah, but like, are we talking about recognition of human to human or human to dog or that humans look similar? I'm a little, want to make sure I'm following when you say morphic and resemblance, who, what resemblance we're talking about. So when you, when you, when you use the word, word morphic field, why you can why we cannot apply morphic resonance in the human dog relationship? Because the morphic morphic field means shape the certain way. Morphic field morphic means shape shape of the body. So I, I'm just say. trying to simplify. So you're saying we recognize dogs and dogs recognize us because there's a similarity between recognition of no, 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 no. Yeah. I was talking about why the, why do we need some other order to connect humans and dogs and why the order of love is not applicable and applicable in that relationship. Ah, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was I was getting lost in the morphic field. Yeah, but that, that's what I said. The morphic fields connects the same species and the morphic field so connects the same... So human to human, dog to dog. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then he he said there are very interesting, there are very interesting, uh, very interesting um, experiments that were done uh, through that morphic field um, and how all of those flocks of birds 
are moved around without uh, you know bumping into each other but i remember you talking i remember you talking about like humans being like here and like dogs being here and even though we're on a different plane of recognition that there's some interconnectedness between the planes which is how we're able to connect is that right yeah that, that's that's very right because the emotional the emotional feeling that we feel toward dogs we can very much apply of what do we feel towards people what we are you know when i feel when i see my dog i feel my dog loves me yeah right and i feel i love my dog and the dogs feel and, like we love them yeah but the dog operates on completely other set of rules okay they don't operate on the set of rules as the human does so the dogs they feel would operate leadership the, trust and safety with us there you go. The dogs would operate among themselves according to the laws of love. Belonging, order, taking and giving. Got it. Got it. But the humans and the dogs in between themselves operate like a oboe and the violin operate within the orchestra. Okay, okay, okay. So, so like we think of love as like snuggle, cuddle, cutie pie, love you so much. Nah. <laughs> and, there you go. And so we think, oh, we're loving our dog. But what the dog really needs to feel loved is this leadership, this order, this. Yes. Yeah, and that's because how they that feel. Love. That's what we promise that we're gonna do. Yeah, I think that's, that's really important to distinguish the difference do. of how then, you know, because when we say we overhumanize dogs, if we don't really explain how we do that, then it's it's hard to change it. Yeah, because you, that's know, you know what it reminds me of is have you heard of the five languages of love? No. There's a book called, it's very popular, called The Five Languages of Love. And it's, it's given a lot to couples to say, like, a lot of people operate and feel loved by a primary love language, like words of affirmation, acts of kindness, quality, time, um, physical touch. And I forget what the fifth one is. But, you know, you take a quiz and, you know, we're a little bit of all of them, but you have one that's the primary way you feel loved and seen and received. And a lot of times what we do is we love our partner in our love language. Mm. And so that's all great and fine that we're doing and expending all this energy, maybe giving them all these words of affirmation, but that's not really how they feel loved. Mm -hmm. They feel loved more by spending quality time together. Yeah, and it kind of makes me think of the dogs because like we think we're giving our dogs all of these things, but we're not speaking the dog language. Yeah, that's that's the prime primordial problem in the human dog relationship. But that's exactly why we are using that language in order to connect people with the real meaning of the language. What does it mean being a doggy parent? Yeah. Especially that we are talking to these uh, new generations that are going to shape the world in time to come, like millennials and Gen Zs, and the ones <laughs> that are choosing pet parenting over the baby parenting because mm -hmm. they feel like not ready. They don't want to expose their children to what they were exposed by growing up, mm -hmm. by their parents, yeah. right? That were busy building on the empires and making this wonderful world look in the way it looks now. And we said, like, I don't want to live in a world that looks now, so I don't want to create a world uh, as is now. Mm -hmm. And so everything I was taught should be good, actually, it's proven doesn't work. Right. And that's where the 
the Gen Zs and millennials chooses pet parenting rather than baby parenting. But that's a very great place to learn respect, responsibility, allowing space to grow and dignity for the destiny as is. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to learn to be a great pet parent, that means that you need to learn the canine language, to learn the baby's language, so you're going to recognize the baby's needs, not your projections. Right. Because if you do a projection needs that you're going to do the same that your parents did to us. Right. I'm thinking that you need. I think that you should. And I think, and I think, and I think. And from all of those thinking, we end up depressed, no money, lost in space, I don't know where to go, I don't know what to do. And the pet parenting is a great way to learn parenting. How to observe the child, whoever the child is, as is, yeah. without projections. And that's the best way, because when, when you're going to be able to uh, raise yourself into parenting means that you need to raise someone then de that's depending on you, right? Okay. The babies and the doggies depend on their parents, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and then how are you going to raise your child and how are you going to raise your dog to be a dog or to be a child? It's in a very, very strong connection, no matter what the people are going to look uh, and think about when we, when we say all of these things, uh, because everything... Uh, shapes down to the question that we need to answer and I think in a Pure Love and Harmony company as a, as a company before we wrote our mission and vision statement we did answer the question like do we believe that the dogs are conscious beings? Are they have consciousness? Do Can they choose willingly when offered the choices? Or are they going to run after uh, 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 run just under the uh, based on the laws of, uh, of, of, of instinct. And we learned that, and a lot of countless studies showed, that when offered a choice, the dog can make a conscious decision about which side to go, left or right. Based on the as environment and experiences of the environment, the choices are conscious. It, they are not instinctive. And that's where once you start developing your your mindset and the paradigm from that perspective, then the completely new horizon of the world opens. And that's where every single product that we produce in our collection of the products, or the or every single course that we offer, or whatever we touch and uh, you know uh, mm -hmm. how you say manifest in this reality and label it as a pure love and harmony, has that beautiful. Uh, you know, it's sold through this beautiful, uh, 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 how you can say, mindset that the dogs are conscious being, and when offered a choice, they will make a they will make a choosing that will please the group that they do belong to. That's a family, and that's what we need to. We need to stop training our dogs, stop conditioning them, stop training them stop. to be like people pleasers. Yes, because that's that's nothing more than a circus. And it's and when we knew that we loved going to circus, I did love to go to circus until I didn't know like what the, that. But like I think, like just to take a break and kind of just bring this back to the relationship. Like if you, if you, if you like, 
the relationship between a parent and a child. You don't want your child to shut down your child. So you want them to learn. You want them to learn how to be safe. You want them to learn how to make good choices. But you want to do it in a way that they still have self-expression and feel free and respected and, like you said, dignity and trust. And so there's a way you learn to parent that's both you are the parent that's responsible for the child and yet you need to do it in a way that still doesn't like shut down and like dictate the child and shut down their autonomy and their self-expression and their ability to create and to, you know, imagine and dream and all of those things. And it's the same with a dog. And I, I think that that's important to distinguish because we can get unconscious about the ownership of a dog or that a dog's a pet. And so we teach them to behave and we teach them to obey and we do this without thinking about that if we do it in a certain way, then we're like shutting down their this, uh, this whole part of them that is their enjoyment of life and being part of the family and being part of the world and and how they interact with other dogs and how they interact with other people and how they interact with nature and all of those things. And then we come to a perfect, uh, that you, you opened a wonderful door and I'm always thankful for you because my, my lot of words <laughs> turn into being sometime like, oh my God, what the heck is he talking about? And thank you for, for your for your bravery, you know, to cut me when needed and to bring it back <laughs> well, where it's supposed to be. Well, I don't mean to, to cut be. it off because it's all, no, 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 it's it's, all it's great perfect. stuff, but to but make you, sure we're really tracking with how it's applicable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, with, like, just, uh, just don't get away from what you perfectly said here. Okay. How do we make our children be who they are? You can shape that. But how you can inspire a child to develop itself in who the child really is? And how do we know who the child is? And that's where the order of love comes in place. Yeah. And that's where the interconnectedness comes in place. Yeah. Because the only way to impact the world, that includes child and your dog and everyone else, should be self-awareness and self-work. Mm -hmm. The mother doesn't need to be a good mother. The mother needs to be a happy mother. Yeah. And that wow. the happy mother, then the part of the mother that is happy lives in a child. And then the child becomes happy because the mother is happy. Yes. And when the father is happy, then the part of the father that lives in a child's heart become happy. So we create a happy child. Yeah. And the happy child is safe because he's surrounded by the love. Yeah. And That's love true. towards child is expressed only through the self-awareness of the parents. Yeah. And that's where the self comes in the place it's not focused the, the the real attention of the parents is not a child it's a self, it's a self. and that self that, we overcomplicate that, that, that we overcomplicate that, it and we because, because it's easier to deal with a child than with, with yourself yourself yeah it's a it's like um humans love to avoid <laughs> love to avoid dealing with things and it's easier than to blame the external world whatever it is the child, Entire. the dog, the thing, instead of saying, what in me is creating this situation or what in me is, you know, sourcing this thing in my life. 
that's the only question you need to ask. And that is the only way we can inspire the world around us. It's kind of like turn into self mm -hmm. and then deal with the self. Because when self, the, why the self is so important? Self comes to be a conductor. Self is a conductor that brings soul, mind and body together. Mm -hmm. It's like a conductor that comes and brings harmony in between the trumpet, oboe and the violin. Yeah. Completely three different things uniting together into a wonderful piece of art. Yeah. And then you have you have a same oboe, you have a same trumpet and you have a same violin. When in orchestra that conducts the Verdi, they, they, they made the beautiful Tosca. The same instruments that are uh, in, the, in the Mozart, uh, whatever, flute, the magic flute, they, they, they made a wonderful flute. The same instruments in the Mozart and in Verdi, they're not the same. Because the self of the music itself is not the same. That is why my soul, body, and mind can create the world that yours will never be able to. Because my self and your self is different. different. You know, I was and listening then, to a thing with Gabriel Mate, you know, who he's amazing and he mm -hmm. talks about trauma, you know, in, in humans. And he just was so beautifully talking about how even in a family system, no child's experience is the same and no child is the same. You know, the, the birth order is different, that personality is different, the parents are different at that stage and in, in time when that child came in. And so it does come into, like you said, self, like we're so individually, you know, nuanced in all of those things from our DNA to our environment to where we came in, the family, you know, the dynamic. So it's like same with the dog. If you're not the first dog, maybe you're the second dog or there's three kids and then there's two kids or there was no kids and then there's now three kids. So like all of those things impacting the dynamic and being aware of that. And so you have guidelines or you have like, I kind of call them like bumper rails, you know, like of creating safety, space and trust, but there's still room to move and be different and be expressive. But and within a safe container of love and guidance and reflection. And like you said, the happier you are, the more aware you are of yourself, the less you project stuff on other people and you can love from a more pure place. Mm. Because that's, that's very important that not to, not to compromise the happiness with the consuming, yeah. uh, the, the co consuming things that makes us superficial happy. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, consuming food, over-consuming drugs, over-consuming alcohol, over-consuming sex, and then everything becomes abusive, abuse the sources of joy of the life, mm -hmm. rather than enjoying it from within. And then that brings together people and the circumstances that can give us a possibility to express the self in the most unique way. And that is where the real parenting is coming from. It's not me who, is, who need to go out there and look at what's acceptable and start to molding myself according to something that that's already exists. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to see you. Uh, Charlie. Is he okay? Yeah, he did. Is he okay too? So, and then uh, if you go out there and you want to be like someone, right? We have this, all of this uh, influencer movement that the people want to be like and uh, going, uh, you know, kind of, I want to be like them. 
But if I want to be like them, then it's meaning I go be, I, I gonna be just a paste of someone. I'm not even a copy. You know, it's, you, you know, in order to make an a yeah. look like someone, you need to do two action, copy and then paste, mm -hmm. and it's gonna look the same. But then if I'm already a paste of something else, it's it that's exactly what I'm gonna be, a paste, like a melting something yeah. far away from the self. But then working working on self, it's most amazing but on the same time most difficult and something that we need to have the most courage to uh, start exploring yeah. and how to bring together mind, soul and body that operates completely under different set of laws and unite them into a perfect harmony. Yeah. And that is where the order of harmony is to respect the differences. Not it's uh, the book also wrote uh, I I I have a chapter that talks about uh, religions. You know, how the religions uh, as an organization of beliefs on the different levels unite people around the same belief system. And then I went to come, I, I went from the, I went to exploration from the Hinduism to paganism into Christianity or Buddhism, Christianity, down to uh, uh, Muslim religion, including the Satanists as, a, as, oh, a, right. as an order of belief. Yeah. Sorry? Oh, so we talked about this a little bit. I remember, yeah. Yeah. So what I said, like, how do you bring them? Then what? What does it mean? A perfect harmony that says, like, know that I don't want to sit, uh, uh, like, if I'm a Christian, that I don't want to sit on the table across someone that's Satanist. I said, like, how do I? Because look at this. Look at this wonderful possibility. Me and you are talking here, and we have people listening to us. So on our, on one level. It's a one layer of our interaction. It's me and you. But it's not only me and you. I bring my consciousness, my conclusions, and my beliefs from my family system. You do the same. I was born and raised in Serbia. So I bring some country, like a surrounding collectiveness of my country of origin. Where do I come from? You do that from your, from, let's say, states. And then if we go, we bring, so and we go, as, as we go in what all of this consciousness of ours is created by, we're going to go back and back and grow even more and more and more. And occasionally, we're going to unite in Akasha, in a pure knowledge of existence, and we're going to meet the place where we are exactly the same where there is no any differentiation in the language in the beliefs in a in a creations everything is unified yeah field i feel like we're of so our existence. far away from that right now now though in actuality but how do we how do i bring myself as let's say orthodox christian and sit on a table with an uh, orthodox satanist and embrace the differentiation without running to preach each other with who won. Well, because I is think the... if you love yourself and, and you have point. compassion and empathy for yourself, then it's easier to extend that to other people. You don't... Because the moment, the moment you embrace yourself as a self of self-existence, then you will allow through your respect and responsibilities of the order of harmony for other people to do the same. Yeah. Yeah, because no, I, 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 I can, I, yes, I, I am a big advocate of that. And I, I mean, I really feel like in my journey, 
through that inner conflict of figuring all that out, you know, um, and, and arriving to that place, I never found so much peace within myself. And then also witnessing how it just takes away any of that, it diffuses any of those differences because I see everything through the lens that I had to shift to see myself through. And, and like the religion that I grew up in was very, you know, strict Christian, like evangelical Christian. So there's a lot of fear and damnation. And if you like, if you don't get it right, you're going to go to hell kind of thing. And so it was a lot of fear for myself. So it was like, I had to learn to unlearn that and see myself the way I really saw God see, seeing me, which was kind, loving, compassionate, and accepting. And then once I could let go of all the thing that religion, that religion had put on me, it made it very easy to see like how we're all the same and similar and trying to figure out, you know, our own path and our different way. And it becomes, it becomes a lot more interesting and a lot more fun. Um, there's not, there's no need to be, to force anybody into anything or to prove anything or to have those conversations. And honestly, like my disposition can't even do that anymore. It's like, if someone wants to like fight or say all these things, I just kind of like, I listen and I understand that they're, they're coming from that place because they've been taught they need to do that. So I don't even get upset anymore. I understand like, Oh, this is where they're at. They're still sorting it out. You know, like, and, and, and it's it, also, and it, it's well, really it just like helps this polarization that we're at in our country where we've gotten to be, I mean, it never, it didn't used to be like this. And we used to be able to be different and be accepting. And now there's so many fragments and on every level, race, religion, economy, like everything. Yeah, because but, it was on, on one, on, on one thing, it was like, uh, uh constitute, uh, the, the diversity was, uh, constitutionalized right and it was a law of acceptance we were like you know when 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 you come to america by law you you have this first amendment and you can think and you can talk and you, you can be whoever you are but it's it's something that need to come that need to overcome the law as uh, uh, embracing it from the point of oh it's allowed to happen by law it should come by a from value within. Yeah. By value. There, yeah. there you go. Yeah. So if if not if not nourished by value of the individuals cannot be enforced by the law of okay. any kind, it's gonna cause more diversity, more, more, uh, more drama and more separation as actually happens at the moment. Yeah. This this film. world gets diverse from all over the place, and you instead of creating on this level of the civilization of known civilization with the potential and possibilities. Was ne the consciousness was never on such a high, high rise since the beginning of the mankind, and yet we see all of these people with the beautiful potentials doing nothing more than fight around what's right, what's wrong. Yeah, and that's wrong on its own. Yeah, and that's where the interconnected world comes in place, and the dogs can take us to that road. Because first, I need to understand that my dog is a different species. And he is regulated by a completely different set of rules that he can comprehend, understand, and live by. Mm -hmm. And when I'm able to provide the space, and how would I know that I'm providing the right space for my dog? Because his behavior going to be acceptable and uh, something that I enjoy. 
And how do, I, how do I achieve that response of him? By creating a respectful environment for the dog to act and feel calm, relieved, and relaxed. Not overwhelmed, not over-anxious, not over-exaggerated, not nothing of, I think, by the current uh, mainstream happy dog is. That's not happy dog. And I can ensure you in that, and we are... You know, we we are we kind of like both all of this movement of pure love and harmony science that's gonna dig and dive into all of these laws of human dog interaction down to a molecule to prove to the people, not because I think so, but it's because it's a scientific fact that once you create a stressful environment for your dog. The dog gets into state of chronic stress. Once it's chronic stress, his entire physiology changes. And down the road, entire physiology collapses. And that's why we have such an increase of the, uh, of the, of the diseases that are not normal for the human-dog interaction. Never had them uh, in, a, in a history, uh, uh, recorded history, such a lot of problems with the dog's health and everything on the, on the high peak of the, of, the, of the science that can be used or abused for the benefit of both species. And that's where I, when, when, what we want to do with this scientific research is that we really uh, dive in really deep mobilizing a great, great, greatest minds of the world from Australia to the, to the United States and across uh, in order to bring together this community that can give an answer of how the chronic stress influences dog behavior and how it affects a dog physiology. So it can be shown, it can be seen. I don't think it's that big of a stretch, though, because we've, we've gone there with humans. You know, I think... Louise Hay, you, she wrote, she wrote um, You Can Heal Your Life, and she was a kind of a pioneer in the 80s, I think, when AIDS became big and nobody wanted to deal with anybody that had AIDS, and they were, like, really cast out. She started talking to everybody about how emotions are connected to illness, and certain, certain illnesses are connected to certain organs. And, and that sounded very, like, out there at the time. And then over time, science has shown that that, that like you said, mind, body, spirit, like, uh, it's all connected. And so you can eat all the right food. You can do all the exercise. But then if you have that third area of your life that is completely toxic or overstressed or overburdened, it affects your physiological health as well. Yeah, but I told, uh, we, we, I think we touched this point before and that's why it's so in the humans in the human community or on a hum on the realm of the human existence it's it's very it's very common practice to understand that but when you put that in a, if you want to use the same concept in the world of dogs you cannot exclude the world of animals and if you don't exclude the world of animals then you touch a very very fragile topic of the hue of the uh, animal consciousness and you can't say that the dogs have consciousness but the pigs and cows doesn't have a consciousness and if you say that okay, the wait, pigs and wait, cows wait, just, wait, so you're going on a whole nother thing so i was just no no no, no, no i'm i'm i know i'm no, no, i'm no, no, there no, just let me like, finish sure so we're like saying humans and dogs so pure love and harmony would like to show that this 
how it impacts dogs. Now you're going the other step that's saying it's not just dogs, it's all animals. Yeah, yeah, because if we, what we, what I said before, that uh, pure love and harmony is created on a premise and on a, on a really strong belief that the dogs are conscious animals, that they have a feelings and they can pursue, per, perceive themselves as a part of the outside existence, and they they can see, they can see the place where do where where they belong and what impact they have on the world around them as well, which kind of impact the world around them has on themselves. So that's very important. And everything that we do and talk and teach about and produce or create comes from that premise. But at the same token, that premise in the mainstream science cannot be and will not be uh, overloaded with support because of one thing. And that's exactly what I wanted to notice why. The science, scientific community is very, very, very um, uh, concerned in publicly, on very large, large scale, talk about animal consciousness. Because if you say dogs are conscious beings, then you need to say animals are conscious beings. And then the level of the consciousness can be discussed is it high level of consciousness and awareness, or it's not so high level? And what depends on which, which animal has a higher level of consciousness, which uh, animal doesn't? But you need to agree that if dogs are conscious animals, then all the other animals are conscious as well. But then what's, what's a problem in saying that loudly in the scientific community? Because answering that question is a political question. It's an economical question. Because the moment you say animals are conscious, then entire production, food production uh, 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 of, the f uh, of the animals for the food, what? Industrial farming of the animals falls apart. Right. Because you then you cannot produce animals that are conscious in the concentration camps that we are using because that's that's completely mainstreamly acceptable yeah because if the, if that, the, you know for the purpose of the progression of things dogs are seen a little bit different because they are more domesticated and they're part of our families and i'm not saying it's correct i'm just saying like i feel like people right now the majority like they put dogs in a little bit of a different grouping because of how they're part of human families again uh, again but but you know when when it comes to a lows it's completely the 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 cow and the pig and the dogs are animals yes no i, and I mean, you don't have to convince kind of, me i i no no i get that but, but it's kind I'm of just like talking that, about like the progression of human consciousness and evolution it's like we can go there with some animals but it's it's like it's like you're opening the door with with dogs because we can see that differently and then that opens the door to think about this with all animals which is yeah again part of consciousness I mean, like and waking up and awareness and we don't have to like you know rome wasn't built in a day kind of thing i mean usually our consciousness is a, a, a like something wakes us up and that wakes us up to something else and that wakes us up to something else and that's where i think dogs are such a huge catalyst and catalyst, angelic yeah. force for our health and well-being and evolution just by simply being how they are 
Because, you know, I, I think it was 50s or 70s or 60s, but somewhere around those ages of past century, like a Tyson, you know, the big industrial complex of the uh, yeah. mass production of the animals for the for the food for the people uh, lobbied for the for the for the entire set of laws and a very big uh, number of the ways how the animals should be farmed and they said like the animals should be explicitly seen as uh, machines for the food production for humans consumption yeah but i mean and anybody, what we need to do anybody Sorry? who's conscious on any level would, yes. not, would challenge that. I mean, that's fine for them to say because you no, know. No, I get that. But they're doing you know that what? for their industry. But anybody who's at all conscious is going to challenge that concept. Yeah, yeah. But the, the problem was impact of that. Yeah, uh, of, of that. Uh, you know, because now you have when you go. That is why I dropped off the veterinarian science studies in my you know university yeah. back in Serbia, is because I just couldn't agree to industrialization of the farming and what I'm learning in the school, how the pig should be treated while living uh, a life in between uh, death and slaughter, being slaughtered. Yeah. And then that's I mean, how the- thing but, makes me sad just even talking about it because I, I was, I've been sensitive about this since a child and I you know, grew up with kids that were on- like, I, I must tell you that if you, wanna, if you wanna raise a pigs, you have a set of rules how that save, how you need to build that housing for the pigs in order to safely, whatever safely means, by the law, you need to build this kind of environment and this kind of cages and this kind of, yeah. and all of that is standardized. And you go to some fair and you have these um, uh, fairs where you can buy all of that things and the set of laws. And, uh, so your and so I think like we are- is about consciousness. So if you bring it back, though, you're saying that if we talk about dogs being conscious, we need to acknowledge all animals are conscious. So I, I'm going to venture to say there are some groups of people who have no problem with that. And then for people that are in industries, then that would concern them. Then they're probably going to have a challenge with that because they have to grapple with what they're doing. But that's what I'm saying. It, uh, you know, that's what I said. Like it's true, because what's true is true. Like Yeah, but that's what I say. The universe. And Answering that question at this point has a political and economical uh, heaviness. It's, but do it's we, not easy. Do we have to worry about that right now. Uh, I mean, well, because yes. if we're worrying about because, our, if we're worrying no, about our relationship with our dogs, yeah, do we? I must to, tell you. Do we but then have the to same, take that all on and have that be proven true, accepted as true? I mean, can we not just start with our dogs? You know. Have. We can, but you know what's the problem? You remember w when we had that chat about the prong colors, about the wolf colors? Mm -hmm. You know how many hate hate we got yeah, with certain that that's other people. That's everybody gets to have their opinion and gets but, to you know, have, I get that, but their you journey. Know, but for people who are here and really wanting to learn this, yeah, but concept, those people also those people also came here to tell me how I'm wrong. Well, that's okay. And that's where they're at in their journey. In my opinion. You go back to loving yourself and you know what your work has been and what your journey has been and why you do the work you do with dogs and other people are on their journey, you know, learning the question, what they're what they're learning at the pace that they're learning. And this might be a whole new concept for them to swallow 
which might be hard to do overnight. And so that's, that's fine. I mean, I think that's why we get to have these conversations and people get to talk out loud and sort it out and wrestle with it a little bit, because sometimes that's the only way you untangle these beliefs that you didn't even know you had. Like that mm-hmm. you just believe them because somebody passed them on to you and you never really thought about it. And so you've been using the, sh- the shock collar or the whatever, and you're thinking it's totally fine because that's what your parents did. And that's what their parents did. And that's what your friend who's an expert dog trainer told you. And so you're doing it. And all of a sudden you're like seeing these two people on this podcast talk about this whole different concept. And it's like, wait, what? You're telling me <laughs> I'm doing this? I'm hurting my dog. And this is, you know, I mean, I it doesn't really surprise me that that might be someone's first reaction. Because yeah, of course, because it always when you when you learn something new, and especially when you learn something that uh, that uh, goes deep into challenging your fundamental beliefs about a certain topics, the anger would be the first uh, reaction, yeah. and that's so normal, right? Yeah, especially and if wh- your intent wh- wasn't to hurt your dog, or wasn't to hurt your child, but you're suddenly aware of something that like. <gasps> Oh my God, I maybe am hurting them and I did not mean to be doing that. That's hard. But that takes, no, it is like, hard, that takes but bravery to go like, oh my God. And then everything. I need to change it. Because now I know. And then release, you know, I think that's partly what we get to help people too is you don't know what you don't know. So if you've been doing something and you didn't know it, you can forgive yourself for it. And then now you know and now you can do something different. Yeah. So the whole reason why I opened all of this, uh, all of this, you know, why we went so far away from what the pure love and harmony, order of harmony is, because I'm just telling in which kind of environment we are talking about such a topics that are not embedded into a ev- average person thinking about the dogs and animals at all, regardless how much we love them. Because of the entire much bigger scale, it's not an. I I don't want to end up into into levels of the conspiracy theories because it's far away from from uh, what I what I believe in. We should do that it a whole other episode. Like, sorry, we can do that a whole another episode. Yeah, but the the reason why I wanted to open this is because it's everything that we believe in about the dogs comes from the point of how the humans interact with animals. And I'm not saying here you should be vegan or vegetarian, stop eating meat because we are uh, uh, unfair to the cows and pigs, far away from that. I'm telling about uh, raising the consciousness around the dogs will occasionally and will by, by, by outcome affect entire uh, foundation of the beliefs of how the human should interact first w- with themselves and then with someone that's different than them and depend on them and that is where the this uh, this relationship we had with the dogs before the pure love and harmony showed on the horizon it's and why we, we you you cannot be certified and work for us by any means certified by who by which authority you can be certified that we can accept you in the pure love and harmony environment in order for in order for in this environment your certification 
to grow and to be of some value. That's why we created entire new science, like a pure love and harmony science, that's going to go and surround our uh, ourselves with a with the minds, with the researchers and independent scientists that go and are brave enough to um, research in the uh, canine uh, consciousness and animal consciousness and canine nutrition and interaction in the chronic stress and beliefs and whatever goes there. Because slowly, you're right, the door slowly opens and then the outcome of that is not only a little door but the tsunami that comes Absolutely. behind it. And I think but, it's really beautiful though because... You know, like, I just think that is kind of, you know, you say pure love and harmony. I think it's a really natural, orga organic way that we open ourselves up and expand ourselves through love. And through the love of our dog, who mm -hmm. is an animal, we start to see things differently. And then that starts changing the way we, the lens we look through on every living thing. I mean, I know in my journey, I understand even like plants and bugs and the planet and everything now in terms of a living thing that you have respect for because mm. that is part of the law of the universe right so i need to it's not like the earth is here for me and i came to the earth and i get to be here and use it for what i want and then peace out when my time's up it's like we are all here living organisms connected to each other and when you start to understand that and it doesn't sound so like wooey you're like oh no it's just energetically makes sense the respect that you have for everything alive makes sense you know and it's not that we don't use the planet for resources because that's part of why the planet is here it's just that we use it respectfully Mm. And we take care of it and we do what we can to nurture it and keep the system working, you know, like be a, be a healthy part of the system, not a part that breaks the system. And, and, and it's the same with the animals. It's like we get to do that with our animals, too, and, and let them let, be a healthy part of their system. And so the livestock that maybe is going to be part of blessing us as food for those of us who want to eat meat there's still a way you honor and treat animals in that way that is the, the right, respectful way to honor life. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with eating the meat. It's just a way to understand that if mass-produced in a stressful environment, it's, horrible. It's, not, it's not about killing the animal, it's about, as it is how that animal lives yeah. through the life. Yeah. From the moment it's born until it's not uh, slaughtered for the food, what that animal went through, then the actually with the way the the way they are living and the way they are uh, treated by the moment of slaughtery comes like a f freedom of, of you know going out from that madness of how those animals yeah. were treated. So there must be a way that all of those animals can live a dignified life while not slaughtered for the human animal, for the human food. And that's exactly where this order of harmony comes in. Yeah. Temple that you Graydon provide that with cows. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Temple Graydon. No. Um, Claire Dane started that movie and it was really great because she, she was, I believe, autistic and she had a real connection with cows. 
And it really, really bothered her because she could tell the cows were stressed and, and how they were treated and herded and shoved in the, I, forget, I don't know all the terms of everything, what it's caused, but she came up with a whole different way to herd the cows and, and let the cows be. And they still ended up, you know, for what their purpose was, but they had a much more, like you said, dignified life. And it changed the meat and everything because they didn't have these constant stress hormones. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm telling you. their body. And then when you eat the meat, you're getting all of that too. So it's, again, it's part of being a healthy part of the cycle. Let them have a good life and, and honor their purpose for being here and, and be grateful and treat them with that dignity while they're here. So then, like it we're part a healthy part of the cycle. And then where the code and uh, actually order of harmony comes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A law, the code of interaction, we interact with the cows on the different way because we do understand we need them for food. For the reason for them to be born is to be for the human food. Let's 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 don't take my my vegan selfness in this picture but let's respect the people that eat food eat meat and be and understand their diversity so let's say the cow is born to be a food but then do i take a respect of that cow in a way that i provide her responsible way of her right to have a dignified life yeah. and a dignified death yeah and then still be used for the purpose of her birth. Yeah. Because if there, if we stop eating meat, then maybe we don't need so much cow. But if we start producing them in a the different way, then the food that cow they, because why why the why the food why the food for the dogs and for the cows is over every single animal that's mass produced is over over packed with the hormones because the hormones are not produced naturally because of the stress those animals are con constantly exposed and to. And they're shot up to have bigger breasts like chicken breast you know like they get shot up to unnaturally have bigger muscles and parts that are more favorable that, for that also might that also might be a genetic way of you know putting them together and making this uh, chicken look like that and kind of like genetically uh, put them together in order to how you say the how you say that um, selective breeding for example but then once we get those animals, I know because my mom was used to work on the on the animal farm on the on the on the dairy farm, and I used to learn a lot about the food and the agriculture industry as well. That's why I have so comprehensive knowledge and a picture to these topics. When I know that a lot of hormones are put in the food for the animals on a lot of levels, because the food producers are aware of the hormonal disbalance in yeah. the in the in the bodies of the dog of the animals that I, are constantly exposed to a chronical stress yeah and there's and ways to do it differently to a chronical and, stress and i think people are trying to do it differently though i think there's there is a movement of people that are wanting to go back to farming that is more rustic and more you know not industrialized so there is a connection more to our food and to our land and to our planet and i i see that i saw that in ibiza i saw that in northern france like you see a lot of people wanting to create homesteads and and different ways of being to be more connected to the food they grow and the and to the animals. So it's happening, and I think I think there's a population of people that are already there and get it and making that movement. And then there's others of us that are like layered, like getting other 
you know, awarenesses of it. And so it's just nice to know that there's ways to do everything that is aligned with your values and you can still be part of this harmony. Mm. But- yeah, because the harmony does does mean accepting everyone, including those ones that harm us because they as as you said diversity in this consciousness came from the point of them being raised in the environment that made them who they are of today Mm -hmm. but when we uh when we transcend all of that layers of person being conditioned we access the layers of the unity of akasha of the places where we are all together and united in one existence in the unit yeah. unified field but then on the other side we need to be responsible and as i said last time like how do we become how do we take a part in this activism that will really bring change to the world is that silent activism on self and that's what I say, like, in order, how the Gandhi would say, like, be the change you want to be seen in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, internalize the activism and try to find and bring the balance within to awaken the self. And once we awaken the self, the, our mind, body and soul in line in a perfect harmony. And that would be the world we see outside ourselves. And at once... We are not bothered anymore by anyone. We doesn't want to change anyone. Because, you know, there is a wonderful poem of the Antoni de Mello. You can say something about uh, my, um, my thoughts about now, and then I'm going to read the poem, and I guess like, slowly we can bring this to a conclusion. What do you think about that silent activism where you actually uh, you, you see the point you want to change in the world, and rather than going there and rioting around how you want them to be like this or this to be like that and how you want them to stop and this to start and how to be awakened and everyone is calling like you shouldn't be silent if you want to change something, you should raise the voice. But when, when I say a silent activism, I always mean who is raising the voice. If we are angry towards someone, that means that we recognize the someone in ourselves that we cannot accept. And that again takes us back into working with self and embracing things we do not like in others within. And that brings change, not in others, but in our perception of the others. Yeah, so you're and asking what do moment. I think? What do I think? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that it's not about being silent necessarily. I think that there is just a, a loving kindness way to speak and use your voice and you can say things in a nice kind compassionate way to meet people where they're at and you know share your views and allow for differences Um, but that way I think you can advocate out of love and compassion that doesn't come from hate or judgment or criticism and then give people room to have an actual conversation and share and unpack these things. And I mean, when we, when there's not a safe place to do that, when there's not any kind of room, it's just complete tension, then it just gets harder and harder and harder. And then I think there's less, there's less openness to consider things different than than what you already are doing or what you know or what you feel and you feel people get defensive like you know when you when they feel judged or criticized so in my in my personal opinion I think it's 
I think it's about coming from a different place in yourself when you're having these conversations, but have them, you know, like, don't be, afraid. don't be afraid to have them. And I mean, I think, I don't think silence is a bad thing either. Like how you're silently putting that energy into the world and into the animals. But also I think it's just good to have conversations and just start raising awareness and not that somebody is right or wrong, but talk about it. So there's, room to expand and shift our beliefs yeah because the 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 easiest way to make someone angry or to become angry is to want them to think like you do or me to to make anyone think like i do and then to accept my beliefs as they are and that slowly as i work on this interconnected book and i work and explore more about the orders of harmony uh, the more work i do is actually on myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't even get a chance to share my stories and to interact with the people when I'm not invited to say what I'm think because I just don't interact with those kind of people. They are just out of my reach. I, know. I, I just don't get the chance to interact with those people anymore in my life. Yeah, I, it, it changes. Because, it changes you. Like, I mean, I, I had this interaction with this, um, this person on Instagram that... Uh, they were advocating some home. Oh my gosh. They were talking about women and I, I really, I mean, I mean, everybody was like, what? Like they just jaw dropping the things he said. And, and I, I made a comment that I don't always do that, but I, I, I felt like, wow, I need to say something. And I said it as kind as I could. And, you know, but also like, I need to say something cause this is, this doesn't sound in, you know, like in alignment with this other person's audience. And he wrote me back the nastiest response and was so like gaslit me, like, but it was kind of cool to, you know, be in the place where I know my intention wasn't to say you're wrong and you're this, I was just trying to say like from a women's point of view, like this is our experience, you know, with sexual assault, but, uh, and it, the, the, it lit something in him and the defensiveness, and he was like, "You're this, and you that, and then and then." I was like, "Wow, this is so fascinating," because I didn't, you know, like he feels very threatened and very coming from this whole position. And I, again, I'm not going to engage with that because to me, that's a person that is not trying to see a different point of view. Um, but because I'm in a different place, I didn't take it personal. I just was like, okay, he's not willing to see a different point of view at this time. <laughs> like, and, and, and he's willing to like gaslight and throw everybody under the bus that thinks different. And so you're like, okay, like I tried to have the, to share, but this isn't my, I'm not going to keep battling cause that's not what I do. Mm. But what make, uh, how did you felt in order to, uh, how did, what did you felt? So you felt need to protect or to say something on the first hand. Okay. Why did you wrote a comment at all? Because uh, to interact. Because he was a man sharing what he his opinions about a woman's place in the world. And on his profile or someone else's profile. He was a guest on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And um and he was basing it on data. And I just I just shared, you know, I, I think this this data, there's like not there's a lot of context that's not mm-hmm. included in this data that could potentially be the reason why the data showed women choosing this or choosing that. Um, and he was, it, you know, like 
taking that data and saying, making these conclusions completely separate. So there was like thousands of people, women saying, like you're kind of like missing the whole reason why women might not choose to drive late at night or why women might not, you know, like, and I but said, no, that, I, I didn't ask you that. I asked yes, you how I felt like as an advocate, just like I am, I'm an advocate for dogs. I feel like an advocate for women and an advocate for children. But what was internal feeling when you heard him talking something you disregarded or actually didn't didn't agree? The inner feeling, were you angry? No, it was, was compassion. Like, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, wow, he seems like he's coming from a really hurt and angry, wounded place. Because if he has to defend and turn, yeah, yeah, but what, and what, turn what it would... around and talk about like the things the way he did, I just was like, there's more going on here than just the topic at hand. Was No, no, I get that. But you know what's the most uh, important point to do? I, I said like that's that's where the feelings come in. And I think like sometime when I when I when I feel calling to do something, and you said like those people need the more compassion. And am I really able then to tell them from the point from the standpoint of view of me feeling sorry or feeling real compassion and the person in need of love to tell him, I see you for really who you are, and I embrace you and accept you exactly as you are without needing for your point of view to change i didn't need his point of view to change it wasn't it would be completely weird to say i love you and accept you as you are it wasn't the that wasn't the platform or the conversation i get that but, but, that's but the like that's, i'm that's going to say something like i would with the shock collar if i saw something um i wasn't criticizing him or putting him down but if I feel led to say something, I mean, gosh, nine times out of 10, I probably do not. But when something really is on my heart to be like, wow, you know, you need to say something um, because, you know, that's that's because. part of us lending to our in our inner voice. And so I don't I want to listen to that. But I, I have to listen to my authentic truth of what I feel like I am to say. And, and, and it didn't feel like I was there to tell him he's wounded and I accept him as he is, but I did try to just offer something to go along with what he was sharing as a compliment to consider, you know, and he could take it or leave it. And, and I think he left it, <laughs> but, but that wasn't my, my end result. I wasn't trying to get an outcome. I just was trying to share another, like another perspective to add to what he's talking about for consideration. That's it. For example, for example, my point of view when I how do I handle things like that would never I would never put a comment, you know, when when I feel oftentimes I would read someone else's podcasts, I would listen about the dogs and sometimes I would hear people saying things on other pages and other profiles and other comments I would never engage in me trying to explain something to someone, uh, but I would always very carefully observe what someone's words produce within myself. And oftentimes I would feel angry, for example. Oh my God, it's not like that. It's you are hurting the dog. Yeah. But I know I would see, 
not from his perspective. Well, that's interesting. That's good. I, I mean, I didn't feel not angry. I just, his... I just wanted to. I just felt like. But I, that, is, that is no. That what that what I wanted to ask you. Like, what was the feeling, underlying feeling that caused you to do the thing? There I must be I a feeling. I, I told you. I, I felt oh. a connection to women. Women. And, to and, protect women. To womanhood. To connect with men and try to share an understanding in where we both come from because but I'm then, not, then, I'm then, not a man and there's certain things I don't understand. And I would welcome men shedding light on that if they truly are wanting to be like, you know, in harmony together. Right. So rather than a men bash a women or women bash men, you know, like let's be allies and let's like help educate each other and give insight to each other. And then we, we just, all get better and elevate together um but, but you there, can't there, do there, that one-sided not everybody wants to do that but i think it's fun to interact with with forums i mean i feel like that's part of what social media is is to 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 see new ideas to get lit up to be moved to want to participate to want to connect to build community like there's so many ways you can you know, utilize social media if you want to. And like I said, a lot of times I don't, but when I do feel something is on my heart, I am learning to listen to that because it's there for a reason. And whatever you call it, God, universe or whatever, if it's calling me to say something, then rather than play small, and if I feel- Then, then they, that's exactly place where to be, but then you play really big. No, I, did, I, I think that's a matter of no, opinion. I, on what's uh, that's what I wanted that I tried like just to... using your voice isn't necessarily being controversial you know like no, no, you can have I'm... a peaceful you can have a peaceful participation yeah but that's part of the I just try to I I'm trying actually to come to the point to uh, share my uh, vision on that is how do I deal with anger when I read something that makes me angry, and then I feel because I thought you were talking about it in the context of me sharing. So you're wanting to talk about your experience. Sorry. Yeah, I did because I said like, what what will make I me? I thought you were coming back to me. Like you were saying, what was the feeling under you? So you, if you want to talk about you, I'm all ears. Yeah, yeah, because you told me again, you didn't answer the question, but and I, I'm happy to leave it there because you didn't told me how did you felt. I how, did. Not what? No, no, what? No, you said what did you felt, but not how did you felt. I don't understand. You didn't. I don't understand. Did you, even, I guess because you said, I said I felt a need from my heart to say and step into womanhood and talk I, about. Well, it. I also said I, I felt compassion and I felt. Yeah, yeah, but. If you fail compassion to someone, then you say, I, I see your pain. Okay. I think we probably and I see just, your just anger. disagree because I, I don't understand exactly where you're going, which is cool. But, because, but, but that's, that, that's a wonderful place to, uh, to discuss because I'm not going anywhere. Okay. And that's, that's the difference in between going anywhere with agenda. There is no agenda. I feel I just like, I, you. but Sasha, I feel like I'm answering your questions and you don't feel like it. So I feel like there is a going somewhere because I, I feel like I'm answering them and you don't. So there's clearly a miss. There's a miss. Well, that's cool. Let's, that's fine. Let's, like, I don't know what else to do because I feel like I've answered the questions and you keep telling me I'm not answering them. So what, what did you so I think we should probably just switch gears <laughs> because we're just not we're not on the same page, which is totally fine.
Yeah, I need to switch the camera. Not only the not only the gears, but the camera too. Can you okay change? I did it. Am I back? Yeah. Okay, so we need to switch the gears as well. I switch the camera. Uh, the so the very important thing because this is a great place to explain the order of harmony. And I'm telling you now where the change of that guy, that ever, whatever he had, is coming from, is from this place that Anthony de Mello wrote like a hundred years ago. He says, "I will now put yourself in the shoes of the man writing that, being a being." Yeah, and that's what I was trying to do. But then and that's what I was explaining that I was trying to do, and then I was being an ally as a woman to my fellow brother to say. Hey, this is like, I know you're saying, and you don't have the whole picture of everything because I'm not going to take the time to share everything. I'm sorry I even brought it up actually, but I, but it was, it was not of me trying to convince. It was me seeing a brother that feels hurt, like men aren't getting enough attention and women are doing this and women are doing that and women are doing these things. And I, I felt his pain, but it's not the conversation that I did not feel led. And this is my truth to say to, because to me, that would sound condescending to say, I see your pain. I feel your pain. Like, I, like that didn't feel right for me to say in that forum, in that context, but from that feeling of empathy and compassion of hearing his wound and his hurt, I, as a fellow like woman, sisterhood, could offer another perspective that might help him not feel so hurt by the way women and men are interacting in the world. And it's again that's like my another intention. That's I... all I can do is my best heart's intention. And then he can receive it or he cannot receive it. And that's that's it for me. Like that's where I felt led to do my best as a sister, as a, a fellow woman to man. And that's it. Yeah, but it's still there because it's it's ended up on our no, podcast. My irritation is more that I feel like there's not an acceptance of what I'm trying to share because you are talking about how you think there should have been a certain way to go no, no, about no, no, it. No, I'm, no, I just, and, again, and it's, I'm like, I, I would rather this conversation be over because it, it's like, it feels like it's turned into something that absolutely was not. It was meant to just be a quick reference. Yeah, to, yeah I get that. But it was, it and you say, like, I'm not sharing how I'm feeling and I'm not answering the question. And I'm like, but I have, and I did to the okay. best of my ability. Okay, 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 yeah, great. And I apologize if I, if I, I'm looking at the wrong camera. And I apologize if you felt I just have an agenda if taking you somewhere where you don't want to go. But the reason why I ask is just I ask not a place because it was it's very important for the order of harmony and it would give us a nice insight about to see how to how to embrace something that we just talked about. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I get that you were trying to do that. I'm just saying I was answering as honest as I could and I didn't feel accepted of what I was sharing. So that's where I'm like, change the example because I'm not following what you're where you're wanting me to go. But I'm I am to me answering as honestly as I could answer. So yeah, I just think only, maybe this wasn't a great example and you could use a different example. That's your example. No, no, use it's you only, as an example. And it's still, it's still I just 
maybe it's again take it as my uh, take me as someone that understand that do not understand what did you said and i'm really eager to learn about how did you felt but i thought i was sharing how i felt so that's where i think we're just disconnected and i'd rather move on can we move on we could yeah i'd rather move on yeah there you go because okay. you feel uncomfortable and unacceptable i don't feel like i feel like it's not i'm not being received but the, which feeling you have in the stomach? The feeling, not what you think, the feeling. I, I, I feel, that's what I'm telling you. See, I keep saying what I feel and you keep saying, no, that's not what you feel, you're thinking. And I'm like, no, I'm sharing what I feel. What does it mean feeling? I, the feeling for me when I say, well, how do you feel? I mean, I feel angry, I feel pissed, I feel joy, I feel happy. I feel completely, I feel like what's the feeling in my body that makes me feel alive at this present moment talking to you? You are pissing me off and I feel angry because of that. That's what I want to hear. But then at, at the same See, point- there it is. That's what you want to hear. That's not what I want to say. Yeah, but when I so ask you what's received the is to hear and accept what I say, not force me to say something that you think I'm feeling. I <laughs> might not be feeling what you think I'm feeling. So you keep telling me, no, I'm asking how you feel. I'm asking how I feel. And I'm like, I told you how I feel. I told you how I feel. Told you how I feel. And you're like, no, no, I'm asking you. You're not answering the question. I'm like, I did. Twice. Okay, I'm sorry. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this recording again to see what did you said. How do you feel? But that's what I mean. I feel like you are wanting me to say a something specific, and you're not getting from me what you want. So this feels like resistance rather than acceptance. But can you accept that I can't receive, and try to help me understand? Can you do that in this I point? I don't feel like, like you're like... trying to understand, though. I, I, I don't feel that you're trying to understand. That's why I'm like wanting to move on, because I, I, I feel like you're not being in the place of wanting to so you, see it differently. You feel me not wanting to see you at the place where you are. I don't feel like you want to receive the things I'm saying as they are. So you feel me? No, I'm feeling you not feel? received. Okay, and that makes you? That's the question I was looking for. Angry, That's empty, than, whatever. Okay. But never mind. Don't change. That's the poem. And he said, I was neurotic for years. And I was anxious and I was depressed and I was selfish. And everyone keep telling me I should change. I resented them and I agreed with them. And I wanted to change so hard, but I simply couldn't no matter how hard I tried. What hurt the most was that like the, all the others, my best friend kept insisting that I should change. So I felt powerless and trapped and lonely. Until one day, he said to me, don't change. I love you just exactly as you are. Those words were music to my ears. Don't change, don't change, don't change. I love you 
as you are. I relaxed for the first time in my life. I came alive and suddenly I changed. And now I know that I couldn't really change until I'd found someone who would love me, whether I changed or not. And that's where the order of harmony brings the words to exactly places of so-called conflict, because it's not an outer, it's not an outside conflict, it's inner conflict. And when someone is telling us, you should look at this, and as, as you said, you felt now, I'm feeling unheard because you keep asking me, how do I feel? And I keep telling you how I feel. So finally, I feel unheard. And I just wanted to know how that unheard me not hearing what you say will make you feel sad. That's a different, that's a different question. Sad. What you were asking me, though. I was, no, first I you, was, again. No, but like, that's the difference. Now like, hear me. Can you hear me? I don't feel like you've heard me still. Okay. Still. <laughs> As you saw, so shall you reap. So let's try, let me try again. Let me hear you. That question, the way you stated it, is different than what I was experiencing. Because I was saying how I felt. And rather than you saying, and how does that make you feel? You were in my experience of you telling me, no, you're not telling me how you feel. Because you wanted me to say what you just said and I wasn't going there because I was, that's not where my brain was going. I'm like, I just told you, I feel unheard. I don't feel received. So to me, those are feelings that I was sharing and the feedback was, you're not, you're not telling me how you feel. So then I'm like, okay, I don't know what you want from me. I don't know where to go from there. And, and what you were wanting was something else. And that's when I, when I said that you're, you know, there, again, there was the resistance of like, no, I'm not, I don't have an agenda. I'm not trying to get anything. And yet you did have something in mind. You wanted to know how that unheard and unseen was making me feel. That's different than telling the feedback of saying, you're not telling me how you feel. Because that's exactly maybe how I felt, unheard. Because what I wanted you to, because that was a, that was a great example for our, for our listeners now, because you, you, you put a valid point that every one of us sometime uh, keep need to express their feelings with someone else that doesn't think as they do. Like Guy that you met on that forum podcast that inspired you to say something. And I didn't want to, to you to come from the point of how my question, I, I, I was trying to ask you to put yourself back in the shoes. How did you felt so you needed to answer him? And that's what I wanted to say, that it's easy for us to understand each other and talk from the same shoes, hearing each other when we are on the same page. But how I, do we... I know, but I, I felt like I was, I expressed that I was coming from that place. Yes. And so I feel judged from you and the criticized from you as if I wasn't when I'm telling you that is how I felt. That is why I said something. And I apologize again if I made you feel unheard. But that's from the same point on the other side, my shoes, 
that you didn't hear what I asked. And I asked yourself what feelings you had, so it made you step in the shoes of protecting the womanhood and everyone, thousands of women on that forum that attacked the guy that no, needed No, you're compassion. assuming we attacked him. I did huh? not attack him. No, no, but everyone, everyone was feeling no, compassion. No, I did not say attacked him. No, I'm not saying attack. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of assumptions here. Here. I, we shared feedback from a woman's point of view because a man was making claims about women and he is not one. He's a man. So we were just sharing points of view. Sure, did some people say it a certain way? Yeah. But I wasn't saying that I came from that way. And I feel like you are assuming mm -hmm. I was defending the woman and I'm angry and I'm judging him and I'm criticizing him. And that's not true. No. That's, not, that's not true. That's not true. And I wasn't uh, coming from that place at all. Uh, not I, I, that's like, and if I was coming, if I felt that, I would absolutely probably not. I that would be more of the reason that I wouldn't engage because I, something had been lit up in me, and then I would think about what 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 is going on. Like, why am I so upset with that? So that's, that's a great point, but because that the, the the idea of mine was to bring in the order of harmony at the place where the harmony is not found. How do we come together and agree that we disagree? And yeah, but sometimes that might be better to use your experience because you know your motivations and you know your context and you know your feelings and you can use that as an example when maybe my example wasn't at all in alignment with where you were trying to go. I and I just needed to receive, like, look, this was my my deal. I don't know if it makes sense for the example you're wanting to achieve. It did. But I, but I don't think it did. It did. And, you're, and we're trying to square fit, fit a square into a hole. And, and, and we don't need to. Like, there's plenty of other examples that we can talk about and we can use. We don't need to be insistent on making this one fit the harmony example. Because you you don't know my inner world, you don't know what he said, you don't know what he, the responses were. I was just making a quick reference. I just took it as a wonderful possibility for us to explore, and yeah. we actually did, because yeah. this interaction of ours put a lot of a uh, lot of uh, kind of he, I you heard me, I didn't hear you, I understood you, you didn't understand me. Put uh, how the people that interact in the same company, how the people that interact bring the pure love and harmony to the world interact among themselves if they can hear each other which kind of which kind of um, pure love and harmony we raise as something that we want to bring to another people and that's what i because it's it's okay to feel because that makes us alive and that's what our body is and when we together again i said like I talk to you, but I talk to your system, from my system, and from my country to your country, and then from our collective, both collectiveness come together and then unite somewhere where we are all one, the unified field of pure existence. But how do we approach that without being caught in this what happens in between a humans that need to overcome all of these obstacles in order to feel safe and loved and accepted and no matter what and because of that 
I'm going to call once again this wonderful poem before we close, because I think it's a great. I don't need you to change because you are perfect as you are. With all of this, I can hear you. I can't hear you. It made me feel sorry. And I apologize if I made you feel uh, in a way you didn't want to feel over this podcast. But I think also it's very important for all of us to grow. And there where acceptance of us of for who we are comes from. That we are great as we are. And there is no need for change. And no one should be ashamed of who they are uh, in order to please someone that they feel they need to. And that when, when, when that burden of my shoulder comes off, that I'm good to the people around me as I am, mm -hmm. then the real freedom starts flowing and love in its pureness because everything before that is a judgment. Everything before that is a judgment. And that's where the pure love and harmony interaction is in place is in use, how to bring together diversity. And those diversity not sh shouldn't be changed so they can interact together. Nothing is to be changed. Yeah. They are perfect as they are. Yeah. Don't change. Don't change, Sasha. Don't change. I was neurotic for years. I was anxious, depressed, and selfish. And everyone keep telling me to change. I resented them and I agree with them. And I wanted to change so hard, but I simply couldn't, no matter how hard I tried. What hurt the most was that like all the others, my best friends kept insisting that I change. So I felt powerless and trapped. Then one day he said to me, don't change. I love you as you are. Those words were music to my ears. Don't change. Don't change. Don't change. I love you as you are. I relaxed. I came alive. And suddenly I changed. Now I know that I couldn't really change until I found someone who would love me whether I change or not. This is how you love me, God. That's a, I didn't see that. Um, I didn't see that little note under the, this poem the first time, but that's so nice, actually. Mm -hmm. Very good. It, it, it is. So thank you so much, actually, to kind of uh, stand, stand nice to this podcast, welcoming you back from, from Paris to this uh, new adventure, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And then up to next time, next week. Until next time. Thank you so much, everyone. Right. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Bye.